with young people in schools and what open doors has that created unity with partnerships you've worked with things you might have seen that's gone in the schools a little bit of your story and your journey okay um, these are all going to be separate questions right I don't, I don't need yeah. to know that whole oh thing don't worry I'll prompt you fine. I'll prompt you and then Rachel um, can we draw upon your understanding of the years of youth work uh, on people on the edge and how do churches connect with those um, sort of when they're reimagining youth leadership yeah. youth work um, and then what other stuff might come to mind which is good nuggets um, and then we'll ask if there's any uh, questions out which there may be um, so so has the guy started recording it no I meant on there on these little device is he just hit recording Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Wow, that's 
So those who haven't been able to make it, I'm Snoomy, all being good. Uh, those who haven't been able to make it today are able to listen to it on the uh, Reload, which will be available in the app in the next year's um, experience uh, for your app. So they'll be in. We've got two wonderful people, so we're going to ask them to introduce themselves in a moment. Um, we're going to be looking at um, two concepts. We're going to be looking at the practical elements of how stuff like virtual reality and augmented reality, and I'll explain briefly what that is in a minute. Um, in schools, how that's connected up the conversations with those who might want to be accessing schools, school ministries. Um, and then also, we're going to be looking at how do we connect with those on the fringe, on the outer edge, those on the uh, the kind of one step removed from maybe attending local youth clubs or our youth groups or children's groups, and just some kind of lessons learned that we've worked, particularly around working in estates, but also recognizing that there's also rural and, um, and city centers ministries. And so we would love to hear from you guys as well, and thoughts and questions you might have. Let me open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you walk with us, that you help us, and that you teach us to be the best we can. And Lord, as we have an open conversation about what you've uh, taught in us and worked with us, Lord, will you give fresh revelation to those around us? For those here today or those listening, we ask that you will remind them that they've been permissioned to be people of transformation in the local context that they've been called to be. We thank you for schools, for towns, for cities, for villages, for um, rural areas. We thank you that you have called the church to be a living presence. And we see that come alive in youth and children's ministries. So Lord, lead us and teach us today in your name. Amen. So I'm going to ask the uh, two people here sitting with me to share a little bit about what they do and where they are. So uh, who would like to go first? We've got Rachel or we've got Claire. Hello. Uh, my name's Claire. I work for the Church of Ireland. Um, I'm a diocesan youth officer for the Diocese of Derry and Raffoe. Um, so where we are, Derry and Raffoe is just on that side of the river. And um, my work is uh, working with all of our parishes and churches in the diocese with supporting all of their youth, mi their youth ministry. And we run our own calendar of events and helping with um, training and resourcing all the leaders and the churches and the ministers as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Claire. And then, Rachel, where are you from? Yeah, so I live in Blackburn, north of England. Um, married to Jason, we lead a youth resourcing church on a deprived housing estate. I'm also on the national team of Youthscape, which is a national youth ministry organisation. And up until recently, Ben, I was the patron of the president of the Girls' Brigade England and Wales. Mm. Not Northern Ireland, but I did come to Northern Ireland and hand out some certificates once. So I'm a big fan of, of uniformed youth organisations and the role they can play. So I just thought I'd slip that in there in case that... Anyone GB here? No, no, no. Okay. Any scouts? <laughs> yeah. Beavers? Squirrels? Now there are squirrels. BB. Uh, brilliant. So um, we're looking, focusing our attention on children and young people, the local church, and reaching those who are known as the digital age, but also they're the ones that hang around on the streets they're the ones that they are occupying the spaces and places that we may not always get the chance to be present, but the young people are. 
and how do we uh, share our learning and experiences on some of those. So first off, I'm going to come to you, Claire, because Claire has uh, created this lovely little box down here, along with some other people. You're going to share a little bit about that in a moment. But also, Claire has been interacting in schools and taking some of the uh, virtual reality and augmented reality contexts that we've designed with CRYD. Um, so virtual reality is where you're using a cardboard headset or a Oculus Quest, or now they're about to, um, Apple is in competition as well, they're going to bring out their equivalent, um, and it's basically you place something upon your face, for those who are listening on the audio, you put something on your face, and you will navigate and explore a concept that is either interactive, immersive, playful, and gives them a space to pick up, run, do stuff, and allows them to navigate a zone in time where they would physically not be able to walk, but digitally they can be teleported. That is virtual reality. Augmented reality is where you use a smartphone, your everyday smartphone, can uh, bring things into your reality. You can click, swipe, tap, you can navigate, you can unlock, you can find hidden gems. Pokemon Go would be a, probably an example for some of those who may have dabbled in that space. Any Pokemon lovers in the house? One or two. <laughs> the Lord loves us. Um, and, and this gives us a, an opportunity to navigate through, unlock something, bring something to live around them. And we've been by, building both in virtual reality and in augmented reality Bible experiences. And that lends us really nicely to uh, Claire. Claire, we met you. How many years ago did you first join one of the sessions that we did? And what was it that we spoke about? And then where did that lead you to into the secondary schools? So that was November two years ago. So just over a year and a half ago. And um, you came down to one of our DYO retreats and you showed us all of your toys and gadgets. And I fell in love with it i love very much like practical tactile stuff uh, stuff that you get to um really play with get involved with that helps them with all the teaching aspects of it i love all kinds of things like that um and i can still remember standing in the room playing angry birds and being filmed by the other people in the room as well and it's just it was really really good fun um, I think that's what went home and told other people on our ministry team as well, going like, this is really, really good fun, but actually still has that that aspect of that teaching and applying all of it as well. Um, so that's kind of where that first started with you. And then in those sessions, you uh, was placed a, VR, a Google VR headset on your head yes. and may have seen the resurrection of Jesus in digital yes. form for the first time. Yes, we did. And you would have then engaged in the uh, Christmas reality with the 12 revelations of Christmas. Yes. And uh, you learned... David and Goliath one as well. Yeah, we that was that made one. by a 17-year-old boy yeah. on our team. Um, and you learn about the DDM approach, Digital Discipleship to Mission. And, and then you, you took some of this stuff. Steve from CIYD, just a little plug out there. He's got 15 <laughs> iPads, 15 smartphones, 15 headsets, 15 headphones, and 15 iPads. That's, and these as behind us to, it, to help you in your local context. So you can take some of this stuff in, which is what you did, isn't it? You went yes, into schools. I did. And you did some lessons. Tell us a little bit about that. How yeah. did that go? So at that point, when we had that idea, I was new into my role. Um, when I met you for the first time, I'd only been in my job about three weeks. Um, so trying to get this out was trying to figure out the best way to do it. So in our area, we actually had a couple of Scripture Union and I schools workers um, who are already linked and partnered with loads of local schools in their districts. So um, we've got three of those in the area which I worked in. So I 
started messaging a couple of them being like, I'd love to do this. At the minute, coming out of COVID, I had no schools interactions whatsoever. Didn't even know how to begin. But these people had been doing this for years. So I was like, do you think that you would like this? Would this fit in with what you are already doing? Would this fit in with the, with the, with the message and the point of what you want to do? Um, and it is one of those things of when you try to explain it, it's a little bit hard as to figuring out what does that physically look like? Um, how practically can you use it? Um, but we sat down, we sat, they sat down and talked with you. We had a couple of Zoom calls with you as well and, um, ran through what the, what each of the programs all looked like, what you could do in each of the programs. Cause some of them, um, are themed for like Christmas and Easter and some are more general. And what, how did we want to use it? So how we ended up working it is that um, they got in touch with a number of their schools and during the month of November and December, um, we offered it to any of the schools which they wanted to use it. So we got in for a mixture of a couple of their SU groups um, and we ran some of the shorter ones, the David and Goliath ones. So we went through the, the discussion questions and then they get to play the game afterwards. Um, absolute chaos carnage and chaos there was 28 of them in a classroom trying to walk around the room with their phones and ipads um and when they have to walk in a straight line but there's a table in front of them they have to then yeah um they loved it they absolutely loved it it was great fun um we also were in um so we did a couple of SU groups like that and then um our biggest one is that we were invited into a school for basically to run a day with loads of different other organizations. They were having an RE day. Um, and we worked with just class after class after class. Um, I think we saw six classes in a day, might have been eight classes. And we did, we took the 12 Revelations of Christmas one. We shortened it down because we had a strict time frame. Um, and with things like that, it falls into parts of their school curriculum, which is where for me, having the school's workers, they knew how to make what we did for the RE class fall into their school curriculum. And the kids, some of them had never heard parts of the Christmas story before. And when they were doing this, um, so there are 12 lessons. Um, I think we ended up only doing five or six of them. Um, and we built it in then with small discussion times. And then they went off and then watched and experienced. So with the 12 Revelations of Christmas on the iPad screen, it pops up on the screen and it shows the little video story. And it um, speaks that part of the story then as well. Um, and there were so many of them were like, I didn't know that. And we're kind of going, it's the Christmas story. <laughs> um, and then our last one then that I did, I, I took them out as well into a couple of our church groups and a few of them tied it in with their confirmation lessons and we did the prayer one. Um, so the, the interactive Lord's Prayer one where the VR headset goes over their eyes and they see the words of the Lord's Prayer come up and they hear the words. But then when you turn your head around, you see slightly different words appearing. Um, so they could 
see and hear the words in different ways and they were like I didn't think about looking at it about that line before um, and then we used in some of the other resources which came with the Lord's Prayer one and um, with the prayer cards all around the room and set it up as like a mini prayer room station um, and the very first group that I did with for the hour and a half I was there it was silence but a good silence, a great silence, a silence where they were so immersed, so involved that I just stood there with the minister and we're just going, there's something really, really good and really special happening in this room right now. We had a room full of teenagers who were praying. Do you know? (laughs) Um, And they, they, they really loved it. And it was something that they have done hundreds of times. It's the Lord's Prayer. They, they learn it off by rote and but for them to take that time and go do you know I didn't think about it that way I didn't look at it that way I didn't fully understand what those words meant and then our very last one that I did was the 12 revelations of Christmas one again um in an event that we ran up in Derry and we turned it into a great big hide and seek treasure hunt with the 12 revelations of Christmas so each of them were hidden around a whole entire church and church hall system and they had to run around find it all collect the stamps watch the videos answer quiz questions and then when they were done then they could get it all so it was it was really really good fun like really good fun and for me the great thing about this is that I had young people who I saw on three separate occasions because right. I saw them in their school's SU group I went out and I visited their church and then they came to our monthly event but they got something different each time because there was enough different things so that was really really good that way that um I was able to make as much use out of it as possible um and I had churches that had not in- that I had not been invited out to or had not properly engaged fully with youth and children's work since COVID. Um, I think I got out to five new churches because of using this equipment as well. So for me, it, it was a very easy way of going, I've got this program, this equipment. Can I use it? Well, would it be useful? And they're like, yeah, of course, yeah, sounds great. I'll be come. So, yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, I get to see some of those exciting stories and you could probably do that the same in your context. Um, so what you've just basically described there is innovation in youth ministry. And this is where I'm going to come to you, Rachel, and ask you, Rachel, why is it important to have a mindset of innovation around children's and youth ministry to um, help the church reconnect with those on the fringe or those in schools? What is it about um, sort of innovation, entrepreneurial t- space around youth ministry? Because you've done this a lot with, with um, Youthscape and a lot of resources come out of there. Just show us a little bit about what can what can we take away from the idea of innovation? Yeah, yeah so um, my colleague Martin Saunders is the, the don on innovation, so he'll be laughing at the thought of me trying to explain. I think innovation is one of those words that for a long time I was like, you know, what? You know, what? I'm just doing what I'm doing. And um, it's really clever, sciencey people that innovate. And innovation, in my sort of dense brain, is trying to find creative solutions to the problem that you face. So innovation isn't a crazy idea. Your innovation might take you to a crazy idea, but innovation is simply saying, for whatever reason, this isn't working or we're not reaching young people, 
or we're reaching young people, but we don't seem to be able to disciple them. And so innovation begins with saying, what's the problem? What is the thing that we need to creatively find a solution for? And at Youthscape, we have on our, on a big wall in our, in our um, offices, sort of big glass boards that take us through an innovation process. So what's the problem? Then we come up with some ideas. Then we try some stuff and we pilot it and we review it and we enhance it. And so stuff that we do as Youthscape only ends up printed and given to dear souls like you once it's been through a fairly robust thing. Because I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm loving praying at the moment. I'm so tired that do you find this when you go on a festival, when someone's praying, you just, it's like your little power nap, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm on. Oh, I'm going to wake up now. Um, and um, I have a billion ideas before breakfast. You probably do as well. Like, I know. Let's do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes the problem is not that we have too many ideas, that we don't really interrogate our ideas and we don't really develop our ideas um so ben can i just yeah, a little training thing that i do in blackburn and we do at viewscape is is kind of you say to somebody draw an apple and somebody will draw like a very basic apple and then you say now draw three more apples but they can't look like the one you've just drawn now draw 10 more apples and what, and what happens is people start by drawing a very, they don't even use their brain. They just draw an apple. And you say, draw three more. And they're like, oh. So they'll draw one with a bite out of it. Or they'll draw one that is quite got a stem and a leaf. And then, and then some clever person will go, it's an apple phone. And they'll draw an apple phone. And then you ask for 10 more. And by the end of that, what they've drawn looks nothing like the first apple, but it's still an apple. And it's the same idea with your ideas. When you've come up with a problem, we need to reach more young people. And you ask yourself, what's the barrier? And what are the ideas? Don't go with your first idea. Write down and interrogate your ideas. And you might end up with something like virtual reality that you've never thought of at the start. But now you think, oh, actually, that would really work. So I think to answer your actual question, Ben, um, uh, I think we need to innovate because the landscape of youth ministry is constantly changing. And if we just simply try and do what worked 20 years ago, we're kind of deluding ourselves, really. And we're setting ourselves and young people up to fail. Whereas if we could be leaders that say, do you know what? It's September. Let's, let's, let's do some new thinking. Um, and we got in the culture of saying, this generation, how do we reach them? I think we'd find that we'd be a lot more creative, a lot more adaptive in youth ministry. And it's not that the gospel changes, is it? The gospel does not change. The gospel is forwarded to a new address in every generation. That's what Leslie Newbegin says. So innovation is not changing the gospel. It's simply thinking, how is this generation, how are they find, how are they, how are they connecting with the gospel? So that I think, I love what you do, Ben, because you're constantly pushing the church a few more feet out of our comfort zone than we're normally used to. <laughs> Thank you. Rachel, I'll keep with you. Um, why, in your opinion, do you think it's important to make sure that the local church connects with those on the fringe and one step beyond mm. the local church? e.g. schools, estates, sports ministry, or areas young people yeah. might go into because of jobs. What, why is it important for the church to reach yeah. those on the outer rim yeah. of where we may be comfortable? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think, I mean, on a numbers front, we need to because 
churches are in decline, aging rapidly, not connecting with young people. So there was a bit of research we did at Youthscape um, where we just surveyed, I think about 500 church-based youth workers, and we asked them to tell us what do they do each week and who do they do it with. And we found that 96% of youth ministry from these 500 churches was directly with the young people in the church. Now, that's not a criticism because we need to disciple, but 96% of youth ministry that was happening in churches was with young people who are being brought to church by their families or who come. And so I think there does need to be a shift within our youth ministry thinking um, about who else are we reaching? How are we helping young people reach their friends? But I think theologically, we need to be reaching the fringes because that's what Jesus did. He, the gospel is for everybody. And I think when we realize that the gospel is good news for everybody, I think that grows our churches. So the most exciting thing for me being part of a church plant is that the moment your church gatherings are about connecting with new people, everybody grows. Everybody grows. Because your whole DNA is, who's new today? I, have, I cannot tell you the number of churches I go to where I walk into a church and no one says hello to me. No one acknowledges me. No one says hello. At, at St. Louis Blackburn, we say, listen, everybody, we're not all extroverts, but there will be new people today rocking up. So get over yourself and smile at them. <laughs> and then get over yourself and talk to them. Because if, if it feels weird for you, imagine how weird it is for them to walk into a church. And so we have an, an army of like six people that you'll speak to before you sit down. So I think if we become youth workers that begin to develop this innovative arm, if we think we're discipling these precious young people that we have from babies, we will disciple them, but we want to be missional, that grows these young people and it also means that we're ready for those that Jesus is bringing in. So I think... This is not mission or discipleship. It is discipleship through mission, isn't it? It's mission through discipleship. So I think it's a good question for us to ask, who are we reaching with this activity? Who is this for? Um, and how could we be helping more young people access the good news of Jesus? I mean, I'm speaking to the, good grief, I'm speaking to the converted, you guys. You're doing it, aren't you? You get it. You know it. But it's good to remind ourselves about this. Claire, coming back to you, um, Claire, you have this lovely box in front of us that you have gone through and um, pulling together. You told me you stacked and packed quite a few. Um, tell us the thinking behind this, because that has gone through the similar process that Rachel was talking about up on the wall, going through crafting an idea and doing this. What What is it and how does it help in another innovative way for young people to talk about and children to talk about life? And being honest, because that in itself is what the church needs to try and do more on. Yeah. Um, so our new resource is called Toolbox, and it comes in a nice box. You know, we'd had some great thinking there. Um, so Toolbox um, is a new resource that was that's just been put out in the last few weeks by Derry Nerfo Diocese. So it's been created by myself as the youth officer and Kirsty as our children's officer. And um, we had in the Church of Ireland the Mind Matters Fund last year, which was for our mental health. Um, and we were asked to come up with a project that could run in the diocese. It was as simple as that. We we're just uh, given that very broad outline and um, through a lot of our reading and our training um, we've come across that I'm sure lots of people are aware the WHO's five steps 
to mental health well-being. And there are lots and lots of resources out there. Like this is proven research that these five steps are good for us. Um, but we wanted to come up and it comes back to this very practical resource. We like practical things. We like something that we can do with our hands. So we created this very, very flexible resource because we know that none of our churches in our diocese are the same. They're so, so varied in terms of the number of leaders and the number of people in them and how confident some people feel. Um, so we wrote this resource um, and there's a leader's book up there if anybody wants to have a flick through it as well. That So the five steps I've got here because I can never remember them. So to connect with other people, to be physically active, to learn new skills, to give to others and to pay attention to the present moment. Um, but our big thing for this is that this toolbox is for every single person who does it. This isn't the leader's box. This is actually the participant's box. And the leader stuff is a single book. Um, because what it is, is there is a practical example for every single one of those steps. So there is an actual thing to do for connecting with other people and there's a thing to do about being present in the moment as well um so in the box as well then we've got several of the participant stuff so there is a little workbook which they can go through and there is a segment for each one of those um, and every single one is then tied in with the bible as well because the Bible does talk about all of these things throughout it entirely um, on how we take care of ourselves. And it comes down to that when we take care of ourselves because God made us, then we are showing God love by showing ourselves love and care too. Um, so it can be done as a standalone one. It can be done um, as a group looking at each one very briefly as a one-off session um, or it can be looked over five weeks and looking at each one in depth. Um, so we created it in the leaders book then as well. It's got all the discussion questions. It's got the activities. It's got the challenge. Um, so we set a small challenge and a big challenge for every single one. Um, so over the group that's doing it. So for, for the connect with other people, can't remember if it's the big or the, or the small challenge, but it's actually to go into church and to talk to somebody that you don't know. So that's that, that's what, what, what one of the challenges are. So we made it as well that it can be used by any age. And we've now, it's gone out in our diocese and within our diocese, it's being used by... There's a church is giving it out to all the ones who've just been confirmed. It's being used by adult Bible study groups. It's being used by a couple of Sunday school groups. It's being used by a men's shed and it's being used by a couple of mothers union groups as well. So it's being used across all ages. Fantastic. Now, I can stay with you, Claire, for a moment. Um, with all these different things on the table here, the, the VR and the AR and the, the, the mindful box, yeah. um, has any of them been led by young people that has taken an initiative to lead their others into a discipleship, faith conversation, talking about how they feel. Have you noticed any of that sort of materialised through your your sessions? Um, well, this one has only been run in one church yet at the minute. And um, 
I haven't spoken to the people who ran it, but our children's officer, Kirsty, told me that the group that ran this one stayed for two hours after they were supposed to end talking about it. Mm. Um, so I, and that only just happened this week. So to me, that's kind of like, yay, that's a really, really good thing. Um, but certainly as well, like we found with the going into some of the schools, the conversations which they had, they pick up things that they don't realize from before because they're looking at something that they've known before, but they're looking at it in a different way. So then they're, so, with the prayer ones as well, we did see some conversations happening where they're where they were like, Do you know, I didn't realize that about that bit. Um, and it's seeing those little conversations that happen. Um, and even but when we ran it over our large event one and we had break time afterwards and it's just sitting them talking about it and they were really excited. And how many times like outside of situations like this when someone's like young people are really excited talking about the Bible. Um, but we saw that excitement in it. And that I think is something quite special. Brilliant. Um, Rachel, I want to turn to you about, cause I know that, um, just remind me again, how long has it been since you moved up to Blackburn? So we've been just over a year planted in Blackburn. Yeah. Great. So this question is looking at what are some of the transferable lessons learned that you can carry from one place to the next when developing, reaching to children, young people? Um, cause there are some, you know, toolbox things we can pull out. But there's also some stuff that's some fresh thinking. But we're keen because I'm sure we're all going to be places and spaces, moving around different groups, age groups, different locations. What are some of the transferable lessons learnt that you found that you've just hooked into and that's helped? Yeah. But it's often the very simple things, isn't it? Um, so spaces for meaningful encounter across the generations. We can put glorious language around it, like building intergenerational trust. But I think um, young people having opportunities to be with people of other generations and their own is vital in youth ministry. So I think that's something that I think I've carried in each of my roles as a youth worker in different churches. I think in deprived communities, that's easier. I think in deprived communities, young people are used to being raised by a whole host of adults, often who aren't parents, often grandparents or elders. Um, and I think with the mental health crisis that we see in young people and young people's fear about not being safe online, not being safe in their bedroom on their own because of mental health, not being safe on the streets because of, of violence, um, feeling unsafe in their peer group often because of cancel culture and just the toxic uh, sort of yeah, environment really. I think the gift of the church to young people is that you can have a range of meaningful, safe, healthy relationships with people of your generation and other. So I think that's a transferable skill. So that's something we're trying to do at St. Luke's. And it's not just the youth work volunteers that young people can access. They can actually build meaningful relationships across the board. Um, and I think it, we know this instinctively, but we need to get it into our brains because lots of us are of the generation of the attractional models. But I think attractional model church doesn't work for this generation. I think it's fabulous when we have the funding and the resources to do a brilliant stage and brilliant lighting. And like we do here for festivals, this is so fantastic. But I actually... <laughs> Thank you, Lord, information. I actually genuinely don't think that's what will draw this generation in. 
Um, what will actually draw this generation to Christ is meeting communities that are safe, who exercise protective power as opposed to controlling power, who create spaces for the conversations that where else can you have these conversations, where people are, where people are known and remembered and heard and loved, and they have a variety of relationships, not just with the youth worker that might go. Um, and I think it is, it, I think these festivals, these pilgrimages are absolutely vital in young people's journey. I think we, we absolutely need to get behind summer madness, satellites, all the different things that are happening. But never for a moment think we have to replicate this in our church setting. In fact, it's quite important that we don't replicate this because these are the high moments of pilgrimage. What we need to do well is building genuine community, genuine relationships. It is the hard graft. And I think another transferable skill is... I think as youth leaders, it, there's a there's a beautiful burden that we carry, and it goes something like this: we are pouring our lives out at the one of the most critical times in a human being's life, when they are making the biggest decisions, they're really working out their identity, like stuff that's laid down neurologically in their brains as a teenager is the blueprint for life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we are probably not going to see very much of the fruit, and we have to be okay with that. Because we're playing the long game, and it's the long game. We might see the fruit in 20, 30, 50 years. We might see it now. Dear God, please, let's see it now. So I think there is something about being a bit gritty, a bit kind of, not stubborn's the wrong word, but a bit kind of like, yeah, well, we're doing it because, you know, so they said it was rubbish tonight. Yes, I don't care. I'm opening up again next week. They're teenagers. Of course they thought it was rubbish. They're going to stop doing it because they're stupid. You know, I think it, well, there needs to be an element of us like, yeah, yeah, okay, well then bring it next week and let's do something different. There needs to be that little bit of grit and determination that's not to be afraid. But at the, whole, at the same time, inviting young people to reach beyond us to Jesus. We want to see more audacious faith in them, don't we, than we even had. We want them to reach beyond. So we want to call them be a buffer around them, exercise protective power around them, but never put the ceiling over them. And I think that that balance as a leader is really tough. That's why we need each other in these networks. That's why we need our children's and youth advisors who are, slightly, who are sort of slightly outside of the local context that we're in, because we need to be reminded, actually, you're doing a good job. You do, you, you're, doing, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. Um, yeah, so I think the, those transferable skills, I think, have been... So I think the youth ministry, Ben, just to finish, that we are doing in Blackburn, honestly, we are back to the 1990s. Yeah. It's a cup of tea and a custard cream. We're playing lots of ridiculous games, like um, those wide games. That, like You know, the kids that I work with are doing all the things that you, you're told now by sociologists that young people don't do. They are sleeping around, they are taking drugs, and they are smoking. Like, for the last 10 years, I can't think of a single young person I've worked with who was sleeping around, taking drugs, and smoking. I found them! I found them! They're on a housing estate in Blackburn. I've lost them. So I feel like I'm back in the 90s, you know, all that. These kids don't have technology. They haven't got iPhones. You know, at the moment they wake up, they're out on the street on their bikes. And then they are dragged in and like gaffer taped to their bed by their parents' sleep. Like these are kids that are constantly outside. So we just had to think, well then we'll switch the lights and open the door and hey presto, here they are. So now so I think it's it's been exciting, I think, just being a youth worker for twenty years. My last thing, I'll shut it off to this. 
My prayer is that many of us age out in youth ministry. That's my prayer, is that we will still be doing this when we are 80. And some of the wisest, most mature leaders in the church will be youth workers. That's my prayer. So don't feel, if you feel God's calling your life to do something else, awesome, go for it. But if you haven't, it could be that actually God's calling you to age out in youth ministry. And that is your beautiful blessing. That is your beautiful gift. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. Um, Claire, coming back to you, and then we're going to open up the room to have some questions. So here's your time to prepare yourself, write down those thoughts. And uh, if you don't get a chance to ask that, or it's a personal question, um, we can probably give some space for that afterwards. But Claire, you've obviously been in the schools, you've obviously taken some of the things in. Um, for those considering exploring the idea of interactive, immersive kind of opportunities around the Bible, um, what are some of your lessons learned that you might want to say, when you go in and do this, you might want to think about this. You might thought about, that might have been easy if I knew about doing it this way. Because then again, these guys up to speed with some of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly is even if it's our resource. Lots and lots of sockets. Sockets, power. Sockets. Yes. Um, the couple of times when I was doing like group after group after group, um, was charging everything. Was just like like a very practical, like getting everything charged because there's 30 devices. Um, at, and you had all the plugs and all the leads. But I could not go into a room with 30 sockets in the wall. So it was extension leads as well. Yeah. Um, I actually bought a whole pile of those little adapters that charge like five things at once. So I've got, uh, which are great at Summer Madness now because the kids are all charging the phones up there on them. Um, so yeah, and it was, um, I think the big thing for me as well was going into some of the places and I didn't know what the space I was going into was looking like, which I suppose is different if you're going to be using this in your own context. You know what your room layout is looking at, like, uh, you know um, if you can move everything because um, it was going in and cause I still remember doing the David and, and Goliath was one of the first ones I did in the very first week that I had all this equipment. I was going into a classroom where the space between the tables was this big like if they walked with their school bag it banged the person's head it was quite narrow and we had nearly 30 in the room all trying to walk around like the kids loved it they absolutely loved it it was hilarious to them trying not to bump into each other um so it's things like that so i suppose being aware of the space um i didn't know all the time how much space i was going to get going into um and um yes but i i Testing it all before you did the phone call to you. Uh, testing everything before you use it. Um, I ran with it for, I think, about three weeks with no issues whatsoever and then went to go run a game and it didn't work. And then I ended up switching it very quickly. But because I had practiced on some of the other ones, I could immediately go, right, that's fine. We'll scrap this one. We'll go for a different one. Um, and I think that a lot of us that have done youth ministry for a while, we can... So all of a sudden you've got like all these backup yeah. plans. So especially with technology, always have a backup, always have a backup. And like I mixed some of the technology stuff with non-tech stuff. So with the David and Goliath one, um, we ran a game 
in the room first um, where they had to find their pair. So one kid, it's the, like, one kid is David and one is Goliath. They've got the sticker on their head and then they have to walk around and find it. So they, so they had to find all their pairs in the room. So it was great that way that they've got all this tech stuff, which they loved, but then showing them actually then you've got paper and pen is good. And showing them how both of those can be brought together. Because I think a lot of the times young people and sometimes leaders as well think it's an all or nothing you either have to go completely high tech or completely low tech, but actually we could bring it all together. Brilliant. Thank you. So we've already heard some great stuff. We want to hear from you guys. We've got five minutes left. I always think already that God's already meeting some of us around some of this, always sparking some imagination. One of the things I love that God does for me is he, he allows me to dream and imagine through worship and prayer. He uses my imagination. And that's, that's where God sits with me. And that's all good. So let's, let's share the room. Any questions or thoughts, comments on anything that these guys have said? Um, I'll ask you to come forward because it's helpful for the audio recording. Then you can quickly run back to your seat. That's absolutely fine. Are there any questions that we can have for the next five minutes? Anyone like to start? You're going to have to come forward. I'll meet you halfway. Fantastic. Tell us where you are. What's your name? Where are you from? Derek. Uh, hi. I'm the minister in St. Jude's and St. Catharines. That's Muckamore and Khalid, just outside of Antrim, for, for, for those who don't know. I didn't know about a month ago. Um, no, not, no, I, I didn't know about six months ago. Um, Rachel, you mentioned um, just the importance of bringing the generations together. Practically speaking, so you said, and I, you know, I've already seen it, um, deprived areas much easier. What do you do when you're trying to do it maybe with families that aren't from those deprived areas, but you, you want to yeah. bring the church yeah. together? Yeah. To yeah. I, I, you... I think you're absolutely brilliant. I don't have answers, but I will just be provocative. I think, uh, churches that are multi-generational because they're really good at passing on the faith and so have always had all generations. I think the barrier there is that the power generally lies in the hands of the older ones. And so even when you do all-age slots or church meals, it's still the assumption that adults are doing to young people. Adults have the wisdom and the knowledge and they're passing it down. And that's, that's healthy, that's biblical, that's good, but it's not the only model. And I think when I talk about um, increasing trust between the generations, it's not just um, in a familial way, but in a kind of a learning way. What is what is the Holy Spirit saying to a 13-year-old? And they could share that genuinely with an 80-year-old. So it's thinking, how do you create space where that can happen? So if your church already does church lunches quite well, the generations connect quite nicely relationally. It is to think what would be a bit of innovation where on a, so one idea that a church I was with years ago tried, every now and then we would do these four week blocks where when the sermon was happening, a life group or a discussion group would, would go out of the space and it would be made of all the generations. And there'd be two leaders in that space, one that was younger, one that was older. And while the sermon was happening, they would go and have a discussion. And it wasn't the youth group, and it wasn't an adult group. It was a group of across the ages. And it was them together discussing this passage and asking, what is Jesus speaking to us about? And they would come back and share it. Now, if for that to work, the adults in the space have to absolutely understand their role in that space, which is to share what God's saying to them, not to lead it.
Um, so little things like that are a helpful way or co-preaching so I've often had young people preach with me they don't do the funny bit and then I do the meat no we do it together we co-preach and even this week when I've been prayed for by two lovely young men I've prayed for both of them beforehand and said you and I were getting up there and we're preaching together you're opening it up so I'm gonna and I and just thinking how do you bring young people in to a variety of these spaces. It could be once a month. It's Team Sunday. So young people have access to every team. What team do you want to be on? The tech team, the preaching team, the worship team, the welcome team. And so it's about increasing youth visibility, increasing adult visibility with young people. But just thinking, what could be a really creative thing? So our tech at our church is entirely run by a 14-year-old girl. I mean, not because we've released a young person because she genuinely is the only person in our dysfunctional church that knows how to switch things on and turn and make things happen but i think it's trying to get out of some so ask what what would what would be the step change for us not just to hang out together but to learn together so that'd be an interesting question for you guys brilliant we've got one more minute is there another burning question yes be honest mm. about the season be honest about the way the way that your leadership will be different because of the season that you're in and embrace that difference rather than saying all the things I can't do mm. imagine actually Holy Spirit show me all the ways that you're going to be leading through me because I'm in this different stage of life mm. I, I, I think we just need to pray I just sense the Holy Spirit Just like, let's just pray for those that we know or those of ourselves, but let's just stand in the gap and permission that there is no retirement. So, Father, we pray. We thank you for the tri-generation of age, for all age to be involved in the local church. And we pray, Lord, that there be an awakening in those who feel they are, because of age, disqualifying themselves. Father, we don't don't agree. We, we, We qualify them. We bring them back. We, in, we initiate an opportunity in the heavens to give them all the resource that they need and all the opportunities that can come because the church needs um, all age. Rachel, could you continue praying? Let's just give one more minute to this. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we, we recognize that actually we're, we're working against a backdrop that idolizes youth and youthfulness and looking young and being young. Um, and so actually we're, we're working against a narrative, a bit of a, um, a narrative of the enemy actually that says the moment you're beyond a certain age, you are invisible and useless. Um, and so we just want to work against that and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for calling us. It's such an honor to serve you. And I, and then we pray, like Ben has said, that you will inspire us in whatever season of life that we're in. Anoint us, keep us humble, Lord, on our knees. We know that spiritual, this generation need to see women and men who are drenched in spiritual authority. And it's the kind of spiritual authority that is found on our knees. That we are driven to our knees. Um, so we pray, Holy Spirit, that in these moments of life that can feel bleak where we ask the biggest questions about our calling, Jesus, may you find us on our knees now in those moments and may we find an anointing that we've never experienced before. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here who are leading in extraordinary ways. Will you give them a fresh outpouring of your anointing? A, an absolute trust and dependency on you. 
that we will become lesser, you will become greater, that young people will reach beyond us to you, Jesus, but we will hold the leadership that you give us with such diligence and devotion, Jesus. We thank you. Amen. 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 Well, thank you. If you want to know anything about what we've discussed, you can follow CIYD on their Instagram feed, Rachel and uh, Youthscape on their Instagram feed, and then, Claire, you've got, um, where can we access to these lovely boxes? There's a QR code down here. You can scan that. be brilliant. And, uh, and thank you so much. Rachel's off to the next one. See you soon.